Hello, my name is Miles Emanuel. Welcome to a special edition of Beg the Question. Our guests today will be giving their insight to the business, finance and economic side of the European Union. I will be joined by Delano and Thomas from East London and Kelvin from South West London, all aged 23, all prepared to vote on the 23rd of June. With only 24 hours left, these postgraduates and second year student respectively will be telling you what they believe is a true agenda behind the EU referendum. I'll go first. Um, I'm Thomas. Uh, I'm a black British. Um, well, yeah, I'm a, a trade management analyst at ETX Capital. And I'm for staying in the EU. Um, my name is Delana. I am of Oriental descent, but I am born in Britain. I have uh, just graduated in economics and business finance. I've had lots of background and training in finance markets. And um, my stance is a little bit more pro-EU, but I have looked at both sides. I am Kelvin, 23. I am currently a second year business accounting student. I am Black British and I am neither for against the Exiting the EU. What do you know about the EU referendum? Well, speaking from a trade perspective, um, I just know I just know about how the barriers have been broken down when it comes to trading between countries within the EU, and the the power that has brought when coming up against um, the uh, American markets, which is the leading, which is the so USD, I mean the US dollar is the leading um, is the leading currency at the moment. Um, obviously, that clash that clash for euro, but the fact that we we when um, trading with when trading with um, other European countries and being that close to trading with uh, the euro without having the barriers there, I just know it's very helpful for us in terms of, from a trading perspective. Um, yeah, that's that's the that's the main that's my main take on on the EU and the collection and the collection of nature today is. Well, um, from an economics perspective, I look at the EU in lots of different ways. So uh, it's known that the EU was a post World War Two idea um, started by Winston Churchill. He had the idea of a uh, United States of Europe, and it was primarily to rival the economic power of the US. Because after World War II, there was a massive state of uh, capitalism and the US headed that from their massive financial position. It's, um, it benefits us nowadays for medical, agricultural, technology basis. It's, it's a state which collectively rivals the US. And that's why the US wants to deal with us. And that's why I believe the EU is an important factor in our decisions nowadays. Um. I did say when introducing myself that I was very neutral in regards to this, so I don't think I can give too much of my perspective on it, but I do want to agree with what Thomas has said here, and that I think that it really brings down the barriers to trade, but that's mainly my selfish opinion, mainly because I can like help me deal with my hobbies and like I don't need to deal with the whole EU bringing, well, being a barrier to trade, and I don't have to deal with like importing rubbish and mm. nonsense and all that. Yeah, you talked about um, it being more of a selfish reason. Do you want to expand on that? Uh, well, it depends on. Do you want to speak about my hobbies? Go for it. Okay. Um, in my spare time, I sometimes dabble in playing card games. So. And one of the problems is that, well, we are not, we don't have access to all the cards. And mainly, one of those reasons is because of EU trade laws. Well, as far as I know anyway. And because of that, it's just, we have, we don't really have a better card pool compared to the US, even though we are of the same Western... You know what I'm talking about. You're talking about the same game. Yeah, but even though we're a part of the same game, the same Western game, we don't have access to all the cards, even though 
the US has access to everything. Okay, what Kelvin's trying to say is, is that the US, because it's such a massive market, there's more of these cards in circulation, Yes. as in compared to the UK. So trying to source a particular item that you need is a lot easier in these bigger economic European, like bigger economic states. So why would you want to trade with Britain, we're just a small country, where you can mm. trade with Europe as a whole, and goods are traded in and amongst Europe easily, mm. same for the US. Mm. I mean, land size, US is the same as Europe, yeah. pretty much. Well, Europe's bigger, really, if you include Russia mm. inside of that. I mean, that's what it's I'm trying, to, trying to hint at. Especially in terms of population as well. Population-wise, mm. I'm not sure about statistics on that, to be honest, but... But, I mean, my thing is, with the EU, collectively, there's, when you become, because we're so much more powerful as a nation, because of our, because of um, where we're being joined with the EU, um, the US powerful position as they as they are in, um, they they cannot dictate, you know, certain certain trading laws stuff like that, where um, or or bully decisions to be made mm. when you've got someone that can that can stand up as a, in terms of someone that's a, a collective state that is so powerful economically yeah. that can match them. So due to that. I mean, there's things that can't be, don't be, you know, um, you know, pushed, pulled, and you know, negotiate. Yeah. It, it, from a negotiation standpoint, it's just, it's just for the best. Well, it's. Uh, I I had a argument about Brexit amongst my class a couple of weeks ago, amongst our lecturers in in our university, along with uh, academics from Queen Mary, LSC, and everything like that. I mean, we went through what the bare basics of. Um, the Remain campaign or the Brexit mm. campaign and one of them, although people can't give you, there, there are loads of people out there who will say we need to stay in the EU because of these facts, whereas people who say they want to leave, it's because of speculation. The, the point is, is that if we leave the EU, it is not known where we yeah. will be in two years, in five years, in Nothing ten years. Everything, to be honest, it is scaremongering what a lot of the government yeah. are doing. Even though I am pro-EU, I can readily admit a lot of it is um, scaremongering. Yeah, you'll even find it's, that a lot of... It's speculative. Yeah. A lot of it is. Yeah, you'll even find a lot of research that I'll say, so people for the, for the Brexit, well, for us to leave the yeah. EU, would say, oh, um, we'll come up, we've researched, we'll speculate on saying, oh, how this will be better, this will be better, etc., yeah. etc. Not proven, but this is their statistic they've come up with. Mm. Counter that, same thing will happen, vice versa. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's a lot, of, yeah, it's, as you said, it was fear-mongering from, from both sides. And it is a lot of it from both sides. I mean, pro-EU has the benefit of being able to say that we have Some this data. amount of money coming mm. into the country. Yes, we pay out this much, but being in the EU, one gives you agricultural rights. Loads of agricultural technology, biotechnology is traded amongst Germany, France and the UK. That's a huge one. Although the UK doesn't have a huge agricultural um, market themselves, in terms of um, agricultural research and biodiversity, we are definitely one of the leaders. So while we don't produce anything ourselves, we come up with a lot of the technology used in farming nowadays and obviously America is the biggest one out there and with us pulled together with Germany and France mm. we do rival them some of, some of the companies that we have have that as well other people um, point out the EU the, um, the justice market I mean we have the EU, EU, European law which is a joint law between everybody in the EU and it allows us to um, communicate with each other on an easier basis mm. and if we were out of the EU that we argued that we'd lose that. So you will have convicts, criminals, getting on a train at King's Cross, hopping over the channel to France and going, ha can't be caught. Mm. Not hardly. Mm. Yet again, that's speculation. But it is my belief that if we do leave the EU, um, it, was, it is said that we'd have a period of grace, a grace period where we'll be able to iron out all the stuff that we, we would need from the EU. Let's face it, we owe the EU a lot of money as well. Mm. So we're not going to just leave the EU and they'd be like, oh, oh yeah, all that money <laughs> you are saying is okay, you, you can have it. Um, you've got to iron all that out. We will be able to iron out trade laws between us and, and Europe. Mm. But it was said by Barack Obama when he came to London two weeks ago 
that if EU left, if uh, the UK left the EU, the UK would be at the back of the line in terms of hammering out a trade deal. There you go. Because, let's face it, the UK compared to Europe, UK yeah. is nothing. Exactly, you've got, you got to prioritise Europe. Yeah. The, you've got to prioritise the, the powerful, yeah. the economic powerhouse that is Europe. Rather yeah. than, rather than going, I'm not saying that we're not powerful ourselves, mm. but, you know, in comparison, yeah. you know, they're obviously, obviously going to have to take um, priority in yeah. dealing with Europe before dealing with the UK. There's, uh, along the subject of, with, with America, there is one topic which I have researched quite a lot and that for some reason a lot of people in the UK don't know about, which is TTIP, which is known as TTIP. Um, it is a, the Transatlantic Trade Information. Um, it, it's basically a, a trade act between uh, America, who wants to imp implement it in Europe, which is a free trade of resources, skills, labour, mm. so on and so forth. While it sounds good, yep. what it is is that the US will be able to implement its market restrictions on Europe. And the argument is that America has a lot less, a lot um, less strict uh, food market regulations, for example. There's a lot oh, of genetically yeah. modified food yeah, yeah, in the American market. Massive difference in that. And if America had its way, they'd be able to import all of that food into Europe. And let's face it, there, because <clears throat> you know in American foods, corn syrup is in yeah. Virtually everything, yeah. like li literally their food, and because of that, their agricultural things are based on a lot on mm. producing corn syrup. You they, have that they bring, yeah, is that they is that in Europe? You, yeah. we can't, you can't get away with yeah. that, and that's if, why TTIP hasn't implemented yet. Yeah, so it was supposed to be implemented two years ago now, mm. but Europe has dug its heels in, and said, um, we will not accept it under your terms. Yeah. I mean, the big one is that they want to set up its own like an independent court run by corporations. So a company can sue its government that it's based in for loss of earnings if the government stops it from doing something. Mm. So there's a big one in America, in Canada, where an oil company wanted to drill for oil in, uh, I think, nearer to the Alaska border, whatever it is. The Canadian government, no, can't do it. Environmental rights. And the oil company sued the Canadian government. And won the lawsuit for loss of earnings. And that's opened up a whole massive can of worms. That is insane. Yeah, because when corporations can take on governments, yeah, it's a worrying term. That that is, but as I said, this is an argument for both remain and leave. And leave mm. Because on one hand, I believe if if the UK leave leaves Europe, the UK will be strong arms into this deal. Yes, exactly. Because it's known that David Cameron wants T wants TTIP in Europe in, in in the UK. So the only thing that the UK has to uh, as a bargaining chip with America is our military power. Yeah. It's our military bases in the Mediterranean and so. And even that's getting cut more, even more then, these days. Yeah. Um, the UK own loads of bases in North and Africa. I mean, in the war in Iraq and Syria, the Middle yeah, East. Still, uh, All the Americans who are there are using British bases. So that's our only real bargaining chip with the US. And even then, I'd argue that that's not enough to, to effectively lessen the deal on their behalf. Mm. Whereas if we're part of Europe, we are protected by European law. Yeah. This is why TTIP hasn't been implemented yet, it's because European law is like, no, mm. we won't have it. We've got to be under a mutual agreement. And everywhere in continental Europe is uproar about it. I mean, there's protests in France and Germany about this. Yet, you don't see anything in the UK about it, and I have to admit, while I am an extreme Thatcherite, and I support the Conservative Party, mm. even I think it's wrong that they're not telling the public what TTIP is, because they know that if the public knows about TTIP and what it really is in its entirety, mm. then it will be a huge uproar about it. Yeah, because you're only going to hear the positives or what they all deem yeah. as the positives too. Or... And Cause there is no positive to TTIP. And I don't want to be rude to people, but uh, the vast majority of this population don't know basic economic law. Mm. They don't know business economics. You don't... TTIP, if explains as it is currently on the internet and the papers, is a bad thing. You see corporate, corporate law, you see less in marketing structures, but then you, when you're trained in economics, you can see why we need something like TTIP but not necessarily TTIP. We need to be able to trade labour, 
between us and America quickly. We need to be able to trade technology quicker between two countries. My question is though, you see with TTIP, so yes. it's traded in labor, yeah? People are already in uproar about immigration. Yeah. Would that also relate in terms of more immigration between because of the trade in labor? The TTIP is mainly about the trade of skilled labor. Yeah. So we're talking about, yeah. this is mainly banks, let's be honest. This is yeah, banks yeah. wanting to put a new base of operations in each other's countries. And well, that is what immigration is. People think immigration is just Eastern Europeans is thinking about <laughs> um, Africans, Asians. Let's, let's be honest, yeah, you yeah, say yeah. immigration, you think yeah, people, people come to Europe. Immigration yeah. is anybody comes to the country. Yeah. There are lots of skilled people who come to this country to work. And you know what, the, the EU allows it. Mm. I mean, universities want us to stay in EU because they get lots of foreign students from Europe. Yeah. And they come and they study in European in UK universities UK well. universities are some of the best in the world mm. and they stay here why do you think UK is the most diverse country in, in country in the world it's because everybody wants to come to the UK because it's a hotbed of talent and so and a lot of them are Europeans mm. and that is why the, the EU is a good thing I think yeah because I have friends who have gone to, to Europe mm. and gone and stayed there and lived there and made success in their life. I have friends I've made at universities who come from Portugal, who come from Spain, who come from Italy. Yeah. And they're staying in the country. And this is skilled immigration. And what people are in uproar about in terms of immigration is unskilled immigration. Yeah, that is true. That's what it is. Uh, Kelvin, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, no, if anything, the only thing I truly want to add to this is the fact that if anything, this will be a learning experience for me and that this might help me make my own decision about if I want to be pro or against the mm. referendum. So, yeah. yeah. You, know, you know, in terms of um, what you're saying about skilled immigration as well, yeah. the fact that Western countries in general rely, hev especially the UK, rely so heavily on the tertiary service. Yes. Yeah? The fact that we rely on trade and stuff, we need as many skilled employees as we can. Yeah. So the fact... The fact that, you know, we've, we're so heavily reliant on these services to bring in, to bolster our own economy. Mm. Essentially, we are in need of as many skills, because that's what sets us apart from countries that can manufacture, you know, endless amounts. And that countries that have um, resources, um, natural resources available, stuff that we do not have, or is virtually non-existent now, unless we get it from elsewhere. Mm. Um, the fact that yeah, skilled labour is what we rely on most, and therefore, even again, this this relates to um, not wanting to uh, not wanting to leave the EU is because even if if that's the case, with with skilled immigration that's coming in, yeah, where we're seeing a lot of that, and as you said, you know, we're, we're in via universities, etc. Um, if there's, if there's, if there's so much skilled immigration, it's bolstering our main service to which bolsters our, our economy the most, the most out of all the services we provide. So with, with skilled immigration coming in, it's only, yeah. it's, it's beneficial. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very beneficial. We're seeing, we're, we're getting the, we're, we're receiving the fruits of, of, um, of globalization, essentially. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, I've just pulled up a stat there was, um, from UCL, mm. University of London. They've pulled up um, in 2015 that uh, European immigrants to the UK have brought in more than 20 billion pounds in mm. 10 years. That's, yeah. that's a lot. And um, European, the main 15 countries in Europe, which is what everyone in Europe really, mm. contributed 64% more in taxes than they received in benefits. You can't argue that immigrants have come and take all our money. They've paid in 64% more than they've taken out. Mm. And of the notion that it's Eastern Europeans have come and taken all our money, well, no, Eastern Europeans have contributed 12% more than they've taken the benefits. So yes, while they might not be contributing as much as, say, uh, Western Europe, so you say France, or Germany, Italy, mm. they're still contributing. It's not like they're deficit yeah. on, the, on, the, on the country. They've given more than they've taken, and isn't that... Essentially, I, think, I feel that, especially the anti-immigration argument, I feel that a lot of it is fueled by 
things like the Daily Mail, Daily Star, yeah. newspapers like that, that that will target an individual who's, um, let's say, benefit fraud, and then say, Easy immigrants, they look, look what they do. Yeah. This is what all of them do. This, well, they, they are a sack yeah. on our economy. They, you know, they, they drain us. They, and I feel like so many people have been twisted. Yeah. Into, I mean, stats like that, you want, you're not going to see that on the front page of the, of the no. Sun. You, you know, don't get that. Exactly. You're, you're, you're going to be twisted mm. into believing that they're the ones why you can't yeah. get a job. They're the ones why you're paying so much tax. They're the ones yeah. why, you know, just, oh. But it's, there was a documentary on Channel 4 which was talking about the demographic of how people vote in terms of their statistics. So you'll find that uh, the younger you are, the more likely you are to vote pro-EU. Um, the older you are, the more you're likely to leave. And who's more resistant and to it? Well, it's, it's argued that it's, it's definitely a generation thing. Mm. That the younger generation, obviously, more con- the more um, accepting of the EU and its benefits, whereas mm. the older generation, not necessarily not. And the mm. important statistics I took from that was just, well, the more south you live in the UK, mm. the more chance you are to vote pro EU. Yeah. And also, mm. if you're at university education, it was something like, 80% more likely because okay, pro EU like everyone me. here we've we've been exposed to that world we've been exposed to seeing different cultures yeah and we've made friends yeah where it is yeah yeah so I feel like especially London so diverse as it is yeah everyone here look, look at all of us in this room I mean we're all different different, different backgrounds etc yeah. I mean and because we've been exposed to it where we're where's if you go to the less diverse areas of, yeah. of Britain, which I feel I'm not, not certain on this, but I feel which I feel we'll, we'll find more yeah. people that are you know not uh, to to leave the EU. Yeah. They but because of lack lack of exposure and lack of seeing, you know, of lack of knowing these people, I feel like the the fear mongering that happens in certain newspapers and certain things about what immigrants are and what immigrants yeah. are doing to Britain as a whole. I feel like that will play a bigger effect on them because they haven't they haven't seen they, other reasons yeah. or, or, or ever or yeah. and it's very easy for people just to believe what they see in papers and as you said that a lot of people don't have an economics or business background yeah exactly and one thing that I took from from our own debate at university was that a lot of people came to this debate to get an understanding of just the pros and the cons of staying in Europe. They wanted it in later yeah. person terms. They wanted to know what would we get if we left? What would you get if we stayed? And unfortunately, um, while the debate was done by economists, it, it should be said that this argument is not an economist argument. This is a political argument. Mm. So to really understand this in its entirety, you need to talk to a politician. It's all about politici- polit- um, yeah. politics and law and stuff like that. Economics is a globalized economy. What happens in trade com- in, in between trade com- in between countries? Yes, it will affect us, but it will only stop economics for X amount of time. Yeah, it, yeah. it will go on. We will trade in other ways. Yeah, yeah, still That's will. what economics is. It's a global economy. Whereas politics will affect the country itself. Yeah. You've got to more look at it in that way. Yeah, because I think if you did look at it from a purely economical perspective, the answer seems quite fairly it's, simple. It's stay. Yeah, it's because the EU. it's based exactly. on historical data and also it says that exactly. we benefit from being in the EU. I mean, there was a reason where the origins came from, where Europe was essentially destroyed by war, ravaged by war. Yeah, you know, uh, a, a yeah. Lot, every every country, a lot of countries in recession, is, uh, yeah. and and you know the US virtually because they were virtually untouched by it. Yeah, you know, US hegemony as it's called. There we go. They bankrolled every European state who was war torn, mm-hmm. gave them all the money to rebuild, and America then said, "Hey, have our money." Yeah, exactly. Then that's you, why who do you rely on then? That's why the global currency is the US dollar. Yeah, because the US had the most money after World War Two, bankrolled mm. every single other country for um, for war war repairs. Next thing you know, mm. everything's American led now, and mm. it's. And don't forget how much that that war was that war was fun. Um, the fact that we we Britain were using a lot of American weapons. Yeah. Our, our tanks were the Sherman tanks. They were, they were American made. You yeah. know, in, in Detroit. You know, we were using we were relying heavily. Um, what is it? Um, on the on the U.S. military mm-hmm. might buying their oh, buying their weapons as well. So the fact that we were relying so heavily on them, 
it just, it just shows, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it just shows the origins of yeah. why, why this was needed. Well, I, so, I, I don't want this debate to turn into anti, uh, anti-US thing. Oh, yeah. It's... Well, no, let's it, they helped us. Yeah. <laughs> it is, unfortunately, it is a deciding factor against not only the US, but China. China. Now, it, let's which is it. going to be probably the, the biggest of China China's huge. And mm. the, everybody, the one thing that I find funny is that people say we should leave Europe because of the UK. UK is a powerful country. Mm. Don't get me wrong, UK is a powerful country, mm. but when but, you put that against China, put it against US, put it against Europe, we're nothing. Exactly, nothing. Mm. Yeah. They're like, we can trade, we can trade with the Commonwealth. Okay, who's the Commonwealth? We've got India, we've got what, New Zealand, Australia, Canada. Mm. What do they specialise in? Can, can you, apart from China and India, can you say, are they any sort of rivals to Europe and the US? No, China, China is in the midst of a huge recession mm. at the moment. The, Ch- the Chinese market has shrunk. The manufacturing um, industry in China has... There was a massive crash the other it's day, actually. It's huge. There was. China are not buying anything, and mm. India are in that state where they're still developing. Yeah. There was a reason why China people. and India, well, you call them the BRIC countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, yeah. maybe Indonesia, some people call upon it, South Africa. These are countries that have come up that we need to sell to. But at the moment, the UK only sells about 65% of our exports to Europe. A lot of what we export as a country, they won't really, they won't buy, because what we are exporting is tertiary services. The only things that the UK we don't manufacture anything anymore. No, the only thing we manufacture are weapons and alcohol. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, weapons are our main thing. That's why everyone says cut the defence budget. We no. rely heavily because that's the only thing yeah. we can manufacture well that, exactly. that people will buy. Yeah, that, that kind of other nations will buy. It's it's uh, it's, it's a catch train too. It's leaving Europe. Yes, we might be able to be self-sufficient. People argue that London is, is the biggest financial city in the world. It is, don't get me wrong. For currency trading, it is the biggest, yeah. without, without yeah, doubt. Well but if we come outside of Europe, there will be a period of five to six years where our trade will go down because we need to hammer out a trade agreement mm. with, with Europe primarily and then everybody else afterwards. In that time, you have Frankfurt, who's the next biggest European one. They will catch up. Mm. And will people want to trade with London, who are going through trade agreements? Or do you want to trade with Frankfurt, who already have everything, already have, already agreed with with Asia, with America, so on mm-hmm. and so forth? I mean, we've, Frankfurt will take over London, it is said. We've done very well to become the centre of FX trading, of... Of currency, of the currency exchange. I mean, to attempt to risk losing that, it's just it's just yeah. not worthwhile. From an economic perspective, it's not worthwhile. There was something actually off topic, which um, can be for um, Britain leaving the EU. Yeah. Um, nowadays, um. Immigration from uh, the Commonwealth, so um, I'm, my family's from Jamaica. If a Jamaican person wants to get into London now, or yep. to get, get into the UK, is virtually impossible, mm. it's, it's yep. extremely difficult now. Before the EU wasn't, wasn't as difficult, there's, there's an argument you can say, due to things like um, slave trade and what was happened, that they played a big part in building this country into what it is today. Yeah. So there is an argument that can say, well, now EU immigration, so between Spain, you know, Eastern Europe, wherever, it's very easy to come and go because, yeah. because th- those barriers are down. But you could, there's an argument that can be said that countries like Jamaica, the Commonwealth, yeah. exactly, um, now they, now they are, it's extremely difficult for them to, during the country which essentially was built by the ancestors. Well, yeah. not built, but which helped, was helped. There was definitely that argument, but... But even I, yeah. saying that, as half Jamaican myself, don't think it's worth it. No, I, let's, let's be honest here. Let, everybody is selfish. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's known. People argue on their own self-interests. Yeah. And let's face it, the Commonwealth... Would you rather have the Commonwealth or would you rather have Europe? Yeah, exactly. I, it's a no-brainer. The Commonwealth, what you got? 
upcoming countries like India. You have mm. Canada, don't get me wrong, Canada is a very established country. Yeah. But it's dwarfed by America. Yeah, it's, it's in the shadow. India and Canada are the, be- is the, yeah. the two best nations. You've got the Australia, world. you've got New Zealand. Yeah, oh yeah, well, yeah. Good economies, strong economies. Australia has a very good uh, primary market. Uh, or farming, oils, metals, mm. everything. Mm. But Australia's immigration policy is the exact same. If they're part of the Commonwealth, why don't they accept yeah. people from other parts of the Commonwealth? But you can't. You, to get to Australia, you need to be earning X amount and have yeah, they're, they're, design skill. Their laws are extremely strict when it comes to yeah, trying to... Yeah, it's, it's very country, strict. Yeah. I mean, that's just the world as it is today. Mm. People argue that the UK is the idea of sovereignty. Let's be honest, it, it's it's not there anymore. It, this is a globalised world economy. Maybe 40 years ago, 50 years ago, Britain as an ideology was, at that time, what it is. And that's why maybe the upper generations are voting pro-Brexit because they want the idea of sovereignty back. But it's not going to happen. This isn't 1950s anymore. Yeah. Like, this is... Globalisation is, is destroying that. Yeah. You know, it's... <laughs> It's clearly been shown it's more beneficial to be... To collaborate. Yeah, exactly, to, to collaborate. collaborate. I mean, and now, it's just that, I mean, I mean, even what I just said about the whole world, that is my, that's my, my best thing I can think of for yeah. pro to leave the EU. Well, it's, and it's, it just doesn't seem good enough. Yeah, I, 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 I don't back it myself. I can't say that with, oh, that's a... Yeah, oh, this is a, a good, a very good reason. In comparison to yeah. all the pros I can think of for staying, yeah. and especially since how, you know, the massive scale of the 2008 recession is, and how things were steadily growing now, it just seems, why would you change that? It's very why would you risk it? Why would you risk it after the panic that was caused in 2008? As I said, Brexit is a lot of scary. There's a lot of speculation. You don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, the main arguments is the business environment could benefit there is less red tape. Mm. So the UK would be free to set its own its own laws. laws but again, I, f- I feel like we'll be strong-armed into... We'll be strong-armed into yeah. accepting trade agreements. Exactly. Probably not yeah, exactly, which won't be as beneficial. That's, that's why. But uh, maybe in 10... It, it's not going to be an instant thing. The minute yeah. we leave the EU, it's not going to be roses. It's going to be hard. There will be a good period. We will go into a recession. Yeah. I, I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. Because companies who are in the UK because it's a financial hub, yeah. will then lose its ties to Europe, which will then leave the country. And then what's going to happen? We're going to lose labour, uh, we'll lose unskilled, uh, we'll lose skilled labour. That's the big thing. Yeah. People, all these skilled bankers in London, look, everybody yeah. hates bankers, let's, let's be honest, but at the, the end of the day, for the, for the UK they make so much money mm. that we have to keep <coughs> them in this country. You don't bite the hand that feeds, essentially, what yeah. is half of the country. I mean, essentially, if you see my office, it is the most diver- one of the most diverse places you'll ever see. Yeah. I mean, you've got people from Italy, Spain, um, China, you've got ev- everywhere. Mm. If, if they were going to throw up barriers to stop that, which is our leading service to, prov- to, provide, um, to provide for our own economy, it just seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. It's what, one of the arguments that I've seen float around well, social media. I hate social media for this thing. So much bad stuff gets posted on social media and it seems like people believe anything that's put yes. on Facebook now. Yes. You can put a lie... what I mean about immig- immigrants. The people, immigrants are, yeah. is a term that's evil. They're, they're, what's wrong with everything that's wrong with the UK? Immigrants, of course, yeah. according to social media and stuff yeah. like that, you know? It just seems it's that... It's definitely like that. But I mean, the one that, um, that the amount of money we're paying into EU if we kept it for ourselves, we'd clear the deficit, and I think the statistic was about five or six years. Went, well, no, that's not right. Because that's the money- it on the current- Yeah, well, the money that we save from not spending, you know, what are we gonna do with it? Are we gonna put you into deficit? No, we'd have to supplement what we lost from coming out of Europe. Mm. So agricultural benefits, the EU subsidizes our farms to produce. Because let's face it, farming in the UK is not profitable. Too small of a land area, not enough production, not enough um, demand for it. So the EU supplements our farmers to produce. So out of the money that we don't pay to Europe, we've got to pay our farmers. Mm. Same thing with technology, research and technology firms, venture capital firms. 
they're the exact same thing. They would need help. Uh, universities and education is the big one. Like Erasmus, for example, oh, helps yeah. and pays for students to go yeah. to anywhere in Europe. So what are we going to do with that money? We need to pay students that's to go abroad, diversify mm. a bit more. That's what I, say. I feel like that statistic that will clear the deficit in six years, I feel like that is based of what we're currently making now mm. yeah. in the EU. Yeah. So that's, that will change. Therefore, that, that statistic will change. Will change. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's a reliable sort of, but nothing can be yes. reliable when it's all speculation. Mm. It, it is a very difficult argument, because in the, in the run-up to the London mayor election, mm. we actually interviewed a lot of younger people for a, a project that we're thinking of doing. What do you want to talk about? Right, what do you know about the mayor election? And we asked, what do you know about the European election? It's funny, the amount of young people who couldn't tell me anything. It's like, who is the Green, who is the, the green Party representative for the mayor of London? They're like, um, there is one. You know, I'm... I worry about, I feel like, especially because of social media and the fact that America has, is more of a show when, in terms of politics, I feel like we know more about the, what's happening in American politics than we do with our own. Yeah, I mean, I know everything about Tom, Donald Trump that's going on. Exactly, I mean, because he makes headlines, you know. Yeah. He's, like, he's like wrestling or something, he's a heel. He's, yeah. he's, he's like a, I don't know, what's a bit of a clown, but... You know, he's entertaining. Yeah. So, well, it's just... Yeah, yeah exactly. He's, he's so outraged that he gets out there, I think, whereas we have sensible, sensible politics here. Yeah. Doesn't catch as many headlines. And because of that, we have... We lack... There's less knowledge going around. It's... Uh, I, think, I, I do think people need to take it upon themselves to research this more definitely. Yeah, I, I can feel, I feel the more. same way about myself because even talking today, I've learned a lot. Yeah. You know, I've... I just feel like they're, they're, I'm, no, not sure if there's, I'm not sure if there's less, less exposure to what's the other questions that, you, that you're supposed to answer because <laughs> I just realised that we just ran yeah, a lot of like no that's fine because you, you pretty much answered quite a few more questions because I did um, want to know well first of all <laughs> which part are you remain on Brexit I think you definitely <laughs> answered that question <laughs> um, let me be honest here when I first heard about this debate and I started it, I was so pro-EU, it was unbelievable. Mm. I was like, I don't see why we'd ever want to leave the EU. If we didn't want to be in the EU, we should take but it what Switzerland's stance was back in the 80s, to say, no, we will stay out of the EU, but we will have trade laws with you. Mm. But now we are in it, yeah, it is very, it's too difficult for us to leave. That's the position I'm in now, because it, obviously, yeah. especially where I work, yeah. basically, essentially, I'm not saying devastate yeah. but it just simply will not be good it's not, it will not be beneficial mm. for us and me speaking from a selfish perspective but at the moment I, f I waver a little bit because there are so many people out there who who want to vote pro-Brexit but because I'm an economist I want to know both sides of the argument I want yeah. to see if there's so many people out there who want to leave Europe there must be a reason why and at the moment, every person that I've argued with or I've debated this with, I've been to loads of meetings about this, I've not yet heard concrete evidence of why. People throw out these stats to me, and yeah, but that's not going to happen because if we save £70 billion a year from, from not uh, contributing to the EU, that money's not going to go straight into, into the deficit. It will go into other things. It will go into medical. It will go into NHS. It will go into agriculture, agriculture companies, SMEs. Mm. so on and so forth whereas if with the data we have Europe is, is beneficial in so many ways if you think about financially how much we're saving from as you said before sharing our agricultural t technology our re yeah. re the research and development costs so much money yeah if you think about the fact that there's, there's a shared knowledge going around between the EU yes that essentially is saving that that America wants to get in on. Hence yeah. That's why we have TTIP coming in. They want to be able to in on this hub of information. Hey, I, I struggle to believe that if we were alone as a nation, America would be so desperate to get yeah. TTIP. They <laughs> All, yeah. Most of the research and development that happens in medical, um, agriculture and so it's all in France and Germany. Mm. Most of it's over there. A, a bit of it well, happens in the UK. To be fair, a lot of it does happen in the UK, but not as much as mm. you'd like to believe. Next question. 
All right then. Uh, Kelvin, first of all, do you want to add it? Because you've been um, also quiet as well. Yes, yes. Um, the only thing I would probably want to add is probably my own, my own observations, which would be that it seems that those at the moment who are probably, from what I've currently heard, are the more selfish ones, or maybe the ones who lack information or have been misinformed. And those who... What did I say first? Did I say pro-EU first? He said pro-EU. Yeah, he said pro-EU, yeah. Pro yeah. I know what you want to leave. So, yeah. those who do know what to leave are the ones who are the informed, are the ones with all the information and know what will most likely happen. And to this, I kind of just wonder why, where is, where I, why are we missing all this information, especially with all this globalization and the internet? It's, it's, it's because the results in situation we'd have from either, from leaving Europe is not known. Mm. So lots of people put out, if we leave Europe, we'll have this, this, and this. And you don't know that will happen. A, yeah. Do you have it in writing that, yeah. that the EU Commission will give us trade laws like that? Yeah. They will give us this, they will give us that. No, we don't know that. A lot of it is speculation. Nobody yeah, exactly. knows what will happen if we leave. But people are voting selfishly. So people who are, who are voting pro-Brexit are thinking it's better for the country that will have its sovereignty, that we can be able to trade by ourselves, we can trade with all these other countries who are not the EU. Mm -hmm. uh, we can do this, we can do that. They do believe it's in, in the best self-interest, whereas yeah. people like, I classify as myself, who is pro-EU, we want to stay because it's beneficial to us. Mm. To everybody's perspective, they're being beneficial to the country. It's just what sort of stance, what sort of view you look at it as. Being in the city, you kind of want to be pro-EU because a lot of stuff that we consume as on a day-to-day -day basis is European. Go to Asda. Where's all your meat come from? Where does all your tin stuff come from? A lot of the vegetables comes from Europe. If we leave the EU, all of the shopping prices will go up. No, yeah. You've got to pay import tax. You'll, you'll have to import it from Europe. Especially as you said, where it's um, the uh, agricultural things being sub subsidised. So yeah. therefore, once we have to, was there to rely on our own governments, those yeah. prices are going to go up. Yeah. So the whole, everything in supermarkets essentially will inflate. Yeah, everything. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be price hikes. That's why you go to Switzerland, everything's so expensive out there. Mm. They've technically got to import stuff into the country. Right, yeah. And the same thing yeah. like, like us. I mean, you, you buy something from America, buy something from China, you bring it to the country, it gets held at customs, we've all been there, it, it's a massive word I can't say because I get beeped. <laughs> You've got to pay import tax mm. and it will be the same with anything that we bring into the supermarkets. Mm. It will just be more expensive. Yeah. So. yeah. So in that regard then, the fact that you're saying that uh, London is a, um, a global uh, market now, um, you're saying that uh, since the 1950s, coming up to the millennium, Britain has lost its sovereignty, but can you understand or feel why people want to leave mm. the EU? I mean, how does um, this affect uh, youth employment? Well... We touched on this subject where uh, we, we said earlier that the upper generation are more likely to vote pro-Brexit because when they grew up, the idea of British sovereignty was what they grew up with. They grew up believing that post-World War II, the UK was a world power. And during World War I up to World War II, and maybe a long time after that, we were still a world-dominating power. And that's what they grew up with. What we grew up with is we are European. Well... We are British, I do mm. that sometimes British, but we're part of a European environment. Um, the younger generation will prob it'll probably come to a shock to the younger generation that if we leave the British, um, we leave the EU, you might find a lot of jobs will, will, will um, clear up. The upper generation have been able to see life pre and post EU, mm. and maybe they, they know something to read up. Maybe they know that pre-EU we were better, then my argument is that's a different globalised market. The market wasn't globalised back then, now yeah. it is. I think for, yeah, for younger that. workers such as us, um, if you are looking at going into finance, particularly you want to stay pro-EU, a lot of the banks, Credit Suisse, Deutsche Bank, they've got huge bases in London. Yeah. 
uh, you've got companies like PwC, you've got uh, accounting firms who are globalised as well. And having the EU as it is allows these companies to effectively hire from anywhere in the country and anywhere within Europe. So, and if you believe in capitalist structures, which that is a completely different argument for another day, the better the company's doing within the country, it, the, the wealth trickles down, mm. essentially. I mean, my argument is that capitalist structures don't work in terms of a country. So uh, let's take Asda, for example. Everybody spends the money at Asda for shopping. Technically, the money should go from Asda to its employees who then spend the money back in the country and it goes yeah. round around and circles yeah. that way. I believe it doesn't work that way nowadays. Let's take Europe as a whole mm. and it works similarly that way. So you spend money at your supermarket and um, the money goes to a European head uh, base of quarters yeah. and then it trickles down to their workers and you've got to see Europe as a, as a massive country mm. that way. So where we might spend our money in the UK and it goes to Europe, the money will come back into our country in other ways and means. Mm. Maybe finance, maybe that way. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, uh, you touched upon how um, in terms of if we uh, were pro-Brexit and how trading would um, suffer in the short term massively. What about in the long term? Because sometimes people say that it gets worse before it gets better. Definitely. Is that what's mm -hmm. going to happen? Predicted? My fear is, I feel like it's just, it's taking an unnecessary risk. I feel like that could potentially happen where the first, five, first couple of years, um, things things get a bit worse, but my fear is if London loses its position, if the UK loses its position as the the centre for trade, for the world, in fact, just for the fact that every currency can easily go through, um, yeah, we're the biggest for um, FX trading. If you're going to risk losing that position, let's say as you said before, Frankfurt up and coming, if they stay, yeah. if with them staying in the EU, if if things get if trade veers in that direction more, and our position is lost, it just it just it just seems like that'll be a a big thing to lose. It's, it's just it's just a risk that that's not worth taking. That's that's my opinion on it. Mm. My, my opinion on on this would be it will get a lot worse before it gets a, a, a lot better. Mm. As I said before, there is going to be a period of X amount of years when we are allowed to bring new trade deals to the table. Yeah. And in that time where we are negotiating with Europe what we want, when we leave Europe, you might find companies leave. Yeah. They, they don't want to stay in a country where we have no, no trade agreements, potentially. Yeah. Uh, you'll, it will get worse that way. And what you'll find is when the UK starts to go on the rise again as a country, it will be, a lot, will be really far behind Europe at that point. Because Europe will be growing at the same rates as we are as we are currently. We leave Europe, um, the UK will tail off a little bit, and it's bound to happen. We have a, a lot less resources. We have a lot less skilled labour. We have a lot less labour in general. So. Yeah. Um, I also agree with both earlier points, but I do kind of believe at the same time that it does. There is a kind of silver lining, I guess. In that world, from let's say, oh gosh, maybe the social media's immigration perspective, yeah, um, that once we do leave the EU, if we do leave the EU, that jobs will just clear up and then there'll be jobs for everyone everywhere. So, in the short term, sure, there's gonna be lots and lots of jobs, but again, from an economist's point of view, they're gonna be looking down thinking, oh no. But the, mm. what, what your argument there is that the jobs that will be vacated, a lot of them will be unskilled yeah. labour. A lot, a lot That's of what I mean. what, yeah, a lot of what immigration will, mm. what, what the... So probably an individual perspective will be like, oh, there's a job, I can, go, I can get this job, this job or this job. But that's an argument for another day. Yeah. The argument is that people who are native to this country don't want the jobs that immigra immigrants are doing because they, mm. they yeah. believe they're worth more than what the immigrants, that is the chief argument for yeah. immigration I believe, is that immigrants will come here and they will take the same job for a lot less money mm. and it's driving the wage down. Mm. 
and that there is a problem. Let's let's be honest. There are arguments which, for another day, say that maybe minimum wage should should be abolished, and that's a different argument. Yeah. Maybe there are some arguments that say minimum wage yeah, should be yeah. raised, and so on and so forth. But in that case because you um, all have mentioned how people are using their own kind of selfish means to vote and yeah. classing it as oh it's for the good of the UK Kelvin actually mentioned this with his own cards so I would like to ask you all this question how will this affect you personally me, it will affect my job essentially just from because I work in the tertiary sector, which again is the is is the is the biggest sector for the lifeblood. Yeah, it's the lifeblood of the UK economy. It really is. I mean, we don't manufacture much anymore. Agricultural, we're not great yeah. not anymore. So it really is the lifeblood, and the fact that we can bring it in, I've I've seen it firsthand. Just the benefits of the of how we can bring in skilled labour from Elo all over the EU, and we reap the rewards from it, from being because you know we we hit hitting profit targets, we're hitting you know doing doing well as a company. I think a lot of a lot of the companies in the UK, sorry, a lot of the um, trading companies in the UK are just they are extremely happy of what they of of the resources they can gain from the skilled labour around. Also, you know, trade barriers. <laughs> you, you, with, with things the way they currently are, you just, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't want to hamper the lifeblood of your economy in any way whatsoever. You'd, you'd want to do, you want to essentially support your, um, your most, your most powerful players. And, and for, and for, for the UK, it is the tertiary sector, so I think you'd want to support it as much as possible. So for for me, if um, because because it will um, affect my job, probably how much pro was traded through throughout the um, throughout the UK. Maybe if that if that decreases slightly or whatever it is, but I think the main thing I'd see is the the difference in resources would have available from which in which people we can employ throughout the EU and bring it bring over um to help the company. And essentially obviously I want my company to be profitable so that I can keep a job. <laughs> so that's that's it for me. Um for me, if we left the EU, I I don't know. It's speculation. My um my company might leave the UK, I might lose my job. You you don't know. Yeah. They might be cutting back on spending mm. on uh, jobs, might lose my job that way. Uh, I know that my, my day to day running will get more expensive, that's a given, imports. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know. It's We're not going to manufacture anything as a country. I mean, why should we manufacture steel? British steel is dead. Yeah. You can't, we can't produce steel cheaper than America or China can. We can't produce no, it anywhere. I'm, I'm, I mean, so the wages we have to pay employees. We're going to be importing anything into this country. Mm. Be more expensive. Uh, I I don't know how it will affect me, but I'm so, pretty sure it will be a negative. Yeah, be a so negative impact. That's that's my thought. It's the fact that I do not know what the future will hold. Yeah. Especially with where I work, because I don't. Know, I I like the fact that it's likely that I'll that um. That trading will continue. That our company will continue to stay strong if it stays in the EU. Yeah. The fact that I don't know if it if it if it leaves. I'm not saying that it will fail me or, or even if it will fail. It might even do better. But I think the fact that there's there's a risk to it. I just see it as unnecessary to take. Yeah. yeah. So just 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 facing the unknown when it seems to be a system. I'm not saying that EU's perfect right now, but it seems to be a system. That is essentially it's working. I'll just say to stick to that. Mm. To be honest, I was even surprised when there was an EU referendum came up. I thought, oh, it's what the, it's what the people wanted. Yeah, yeah, exactly, that's, and that's that's, that's the thing. only reason there was a referendum that's came up wanted. because it is what the people wanted. But I personally was just shocked. I was thinking, oh, um, I f 
thought this was great. I don't, I don't yeah. see, you know, I don't see. Obviously, there's downsides. You know, helping bear like you know Greece and stuff yeah. like that. That becomes your responsibility, etc., etc. Well, the UK's responsibility, but I didn't see it as such a. Uh, I, I just thought there was a lot more pros than there was cons. Yeah. And so uh, that's why I was shocked when there was a referendum. Mm-hmm. Um, I just it just to me it just seems like an unnecessary risk to dive into the unknown when there seems to be a steady system in place at the moment, especially after two thousand eight. And we, I mean, we know what they. Oh, I was going to say something good. Well, the, the argument of two thousand eight is that that it was caused by globalization. It was caused by globalization, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it just goes around. It just goes around, 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 yeah. But, Kelvin, yeah. how did it affect you? Well, again, I have to agree with your faith a lot, actually, in that, well, if everything becomes more expensive, life becomes harder. So, yes, maybe jobs do open up, but if those jobs can't get me these sort of things or pay my, my bills, then what's the point in it? Yeah. Mm. In, to be honest, to be very simple, actually, yeah. yeah. I think my, my stance is that um, I'm looking to it as an economics point of view because I am an economics student. At the end of the day, and one of my lecturers said that there's there's two types of economists out there. You've got economists who don't know, and you've got economists out there who don't know if they don't know. Mm. That's that's what it is, and I don't know. I mean, the whole thing's a gamble. And some people don't know they don't know, and they think they're always right. Mm. But from what I think I know, us leaving the EU would only have negative ramifications. Yeah, that's what I thought. And that's that's, that's what I thought as well. Obviously, I'll speak from a biased point of view due to what I work and what I do, but it's just, it it just seems as a whole, there's a lot more negatives. I'm I'm scratching around trying to find some pros as to why, as to why this was brought up in the first place, as to why the referendum was brought up, because there must be obviously a lot of our people unhappy with it. I, 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 I want to find out more. I'd love to speak with someone who's really pro-Brexit and find out all their points as to why. Yeah. But so far from the ones I've seen, I've had a counter-argument to all of them and it just doesn't... Mm. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Yeah, it, for me, it doesn't add up. For me personally. I want to hear more because, I, to be honest, I, I don't get to hear enough of pro-Brexit. Yeah. I'm only hearing from one. From, from, I, I hear... Mo- mainly from yeah. one side, unless well, it's on social media. Which... When when we had our our Brexit seminar, of the five people on the panel, four of them were pro EU. One of them was was Brexit, and the only reason why they were Brexit, they were actually pro EU. But we just couldn't find anyone from an economics background from UEL, Queen Mary, mm-hmm. LSE. All Australian universities, nobody wanted to argue Brexit. Exactly. So I think t- that says something point. about the demographic in London. Yeah. Definitely, that's especially from an economics point of view. Exactly. It's overwhelmingly pro EU. And our financial sector is the biggest sector. I just feel like you just got to, you got to support your biggest, your biggest player. Yeah. Your big, you know, what's bringing, what's bringing in the most to the UK's economy? You just got to try and support that any way you can. Yeah. Because if we, because if someone says, okay, you've got to rely on your manufacturing industry, just be for China. Okay, so will this affect um, your family, your friends? It def- cost, definitely. The cost of living goes up, then, then I think it's, it affects all of us. I mean, I know my family have always been want, they've been wanting to leave the EU, the, the UK, for a very long time, and um, if we leave the EU it will be very highly likely that my dad will probably uproot and will leave. The only reason why they haven't done it uh, recently is because my siblings are at the age where they're just started school. Disruptive. And it is a bit disruptive on them, so. I guess for my family, I guess if, and again, this is just speculation. So let's say barriers go up, the borders are back up. Um, let's say immigration laws become stricter for the EU and therefore maybe, just maybe, although I doubt it, maybe the immigration laws will be a little bit more lenient for the Commonwealth and yeah. Jamaica and stuff. And maybe Go in on. that case, you know, some of my family in Jamaica who want to move over here, don't think any of them do, but <laughs> if some of the ones who, if, if anyone did, then maybe they'll be able to come over here easier. Yeah, so maybe, maybe, 
that could be positive, but again, I don't feel, I, I'm saying this without putting my heart into it because I do not believe that. Um, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just struggling for progress, I really am. Um, I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here actually, but I once again agree with both of your points here. So, um, but while the way my family will be affected is pretty much the same way both of your families will be affected once it, I'm actually myself of Jamaican descent myself actually. And yes, it might make things easier to move to and from England and Jamaica, but at the moment, because my family is of a earlier generation, I want to say, yeah, mm. earlier generation. Um, they are more concerned at the moment with getting out of the country. So whether this change happens or not, it doesn't really change their minds about, I want to leave the country, yeah. to be very honest. So this will all affect you in a, um, in a personal matter, especially in family. I mean, how, how does that make you feel inside? Um, quite. To be Is honest, it? it's... For the younger generation, us leaving Brexit would, while it will affect us, it is not going to be a massive, massive change. The younger generation, especially those who grew up in London or and of a uh, of an educated background, we are highly mobile as a workforce. We can move if we're not happy in the UK. We we can immigrate to another country. It won't be as easy without the EU boundaries, but it's still definitely possible. The people it will affect more would be those who are not mobile, so it would be those who are unskilled and who have been in the country for a very long time. Mm. So if the situation in the UK does get bad personally, I could see myself uprooting, going to another country, apply for immigration in, in, in another country. It's uh, definitely something I can do. Mm. See me, I'm more, I'm definitely much more of a static person than you are. Like, cause love England, want to stay here. Um, so, if if things that if things got bad, I guess I would want to, I want to stay. Oh, actually, you know, what one thing, another possibility that I guess someone pro Brexit would say, is that with less skilled labour coming in from other countries that it would lead to higher paid jobs in the UK, in the UK because they have to pay out to the, to the skilled labour that, that is available to them in the UK. Again, speculation, but I'm just trying to get all points out there. But, but yeah, in, ter in terms of, for me personally, I guess I'll be, back to your question, I mean, um, I guess I'll be quite neutral on it because I feel as especially as I'm young there's always a situation that can be adapted to I'm not exactly set in my ways just yet I mean obviously I want to stay I'll still I want to stay in the UK um, but I feel like I'll be in a position to be more adaptable than let's say someone with uh, you know uh, so-called lower skill or, or whatever it is I'm not sure quite how to phrase that, but um, yeah. So I've because yeah, the, the younger generation, all us young three, I feel like we we are we are adaptable. We will be able to ha handle it essentially. I don't think it will be a disaster situation. Whatever happens, that will ruin our lives. But I just feel like there'll be more pros just to stay in. Mm, well, the way I feel, I guess is that. I don't feel that I'll have, well, whatever happens, there'll be too much of an immediate effect on me. But again, in the long term, I guess that if the worst does come to pass, I, once again, am adaptable. Um, and uh, I can look for work elsewhere. Um, I don't need to stay here if I want to do what I want to do, whatever it is I want to do. If I let's just say it's accounting but um i guess that i am pretty neutral again over the whole referendum thing but 
with all the information that has been presented today, um, my feelings have kind of changed, I guess, and I would want to stay in the EU, but that is mainly because of a selfish desire of mine. Uh, mainly I don't want to work harder and then if we leave the EU, I would have to work harder to be that adaptable. Mm. Mm. So I guess that's how I really feel. I am a lazy person, you might say. <laughs> yeah. And just my final question, and I want to start with you, Kelvin. Yes, sure. If you could tell David Cameron one thing, what would it be? is that it was a very interesting idea to have a referendum and not just do this behind closed doors in Parliament. I guess. It's good that he decided to ask everyone rather than just ask guys. Politicians. Yes. Let's go with that. Uh, Thomas, final thoughts? Um, if I was to say one fifth of David Cameron, it would just be, simply put, support the lifeblood of your economy. So, whichever's the best decision for what brings in the most money and power to our economy, try to support that. Simple as that. At Delano. Well, being a Conservative supporter in the most recent amount of years, if I had to tell David Cameron something, I'd say, mm, I understand your decisions. While they may not seem the best for the country, you, the people will see, and the people will support what they want to see. So, you know. Take decisions as you see fit. Okay. Are there any uh, final thoughts? This is a good debate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, it was. Um, thank you. I guess I, I learned a lot. Yeah. And I am. I tried to be as neutral as possible. I was outright biased, but it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. It's like I said, trying try to. To try and find the reasoning behind Brexit, I'm, I just I just struggle with it. No, actually, I do have a question. I don't know if the, if this is orthodox or not, but what are your views yourself, Miles, on this? Oh. I think we'll leave that as it is. <laughs> <laughs> Kelvin, Delano, Thomas, thank you very much. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Manosounds with a Z at the end. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time when we beg the question.